Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Driven to the Cross radio broadcast as part of Christ's Covenant Church here in McAllen, Texas. I'm Dr. Alfred Fisher, and I am so blessed to be able to be with you today. What a privilege it is to share the gospel of Christ, and that you are willing to give of your time to hear this lesson. Thank you. Uh, would you join us in prayer this morning? Our Father in heaven, Father, so often we come to you and ask for things. But Lord, I want to come to you right now just with a heart of gratitude, a heart of thankfulness for who you are, to thank you for the things that you have done on our behalf, even the things in which we do not yet recognize have taken for granted. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the freedoms that we enjoy. I thank you for the safety that we have. I thank you for the food on our tables. I thank you, Lord, that we have the freedom to share your word, to study your word, to be yours. Lord, I want to come to you and thank you for being you. You are the great I am. You are all-sufficient. And thank you, Lord. Thank you for being righteous and holy. Thank you for being just. Thank you, O oh God, for being God. Lord, I want to ask you, though, to be with this nation. I want to ask you to be in this nation. I want to ask you to turn the hearts of people that they would want to repent and that they would want to come to know you, that they would fear you in a holy and righteous way. Lord, stir up the hearts of those whom you have called, that they would sigh and moan against the transgressions, against the sin, against the lascivious nature of this nation. Father, would you raise up a mighty army of believers that stands on righteousness and proclaims your gospel? Forgive us of our trespasses. Forgive us of our iniquities and our sins. And cause us, Lord, to be yours. I ask you to bless this message today and encourage all those who hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in the latter portion of our series on the session of Christ. And here on this broadcast, you're getting a, a small 30-minute portion of it. But I want to invite you to come down and join us at live here at 1320 West Nolana Avenue here at Christ Covenant Church. And you can hear in much more detail what God is talking about in the session. Last week, we addressed the issue that God starts His judgment at His house. And today, we're going to be doing more on judgment. And I know that's everybody's favorite subject. But well, the thing we need to recognize is this. Every single person 
is going to be judged according to their deeds. According to their deeds. In other words, so everything that you have done, everything, no single individual will escape the judgment of God. Think about this for a moment. When we exit this life, we will have to stand before the judgment seat of God. We will have to give an account. Now, the question will arise then about this. Do you have the mark of God upon you? When you stand before the judgment seat of God, will he see the blood of Jesus Christ? Will he see the blood of his only begotten son who paid the price for your sin? Or will he see you as the filthy wretch that you are? And yes, I can say as the filthy wretch as you are. Because if you do not have the blood of Christ covering your sins, then that is what you're going to be judged by. Kind of a scary thought, isn't it? Kind of a moment that should give you pause. Well, today I want to take you into the New Testament first, and then we will go into the Old. But everyone is going to be judged according to their deeds. And so if you will, if you have a Bible... Mark this down if you don't. If you have a Bible, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to read the first few verses. And in so doing, I hope you'll hear what I'm talking about. Starting in verse 1, it says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so be that, being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also has given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in our own consciences. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion in heart. 
I want to stop right there for just a moment. And I want you to see something. I want you to understand what he's talking about here. Paul is assuring the people of the hope of an eternal and immortal glory that we labor to approve ourselves to Christ, approve ourselves unto Christ. Now, why would that be important? Remember I told you that the judgment starts at the house of God, and we as individuals have a responsibility for the way in which we act, the things we have been called to, the things that we do, the things that we say, the things that we receive. So, my friends, we've gone through this in our session series that Christ equipped the believer to know what they are to do, to be ready to do the things in which He had called them into service for. Now, knowing that, understand that what he's talking about here in verse 1 where he says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in life in heavens. What that means is that should our life end here, and one day, one day for every individual, that will happen. One day, each of us will draw our last breath. We do not know when that is going to take place. None of us is promised the very next breath. None of us is promised tomorrow. None of us is promised to have an eternal life outside of Christ. And what he's saying is, if all this earthly coil were to go away, we have a tabernacle, a clothing, if you will, a dwelling place with Christ. And it's not made with hands. Remember, Christ said that I've gone to prepare a place for you. And listen to verse 2. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. Here's what that means. And this is the issue that many Christians struggle with today. Many Christians or those who profess to be Christians, what they do is they struggle with the idea of something beyond this life. They don't hope for anything eternal. They get focused on the issues of now. And when they get focused on the issues of now, they often have a tendency to not think of the things to come. They think of what is transpiring around them. They can't see the forest through the trees. Listen, listen to this verse again. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is, in he- which is from heaven. Here, if we as individuals would look at this and say, if we have ourselves heavenly minded on the things of the kingdom of God, our actions would change. If we would take and put upon ourselves a mindset of working of, towards the kingdom eternity, working towards eternity, sowing in the kingdom, laboring in the kingdom where which we have been purchased, adopted, grafted, brought into, called to service as ministers. So here's the, the first question for you. In your life, have you been more heavenly-minded 
or earthly-minded? Have you been focused on building up your earthly representation, your earthly now fixtures, building up your best life right now? Or are you more concerned with laboring in the vineyard for the king which paid the price for your sin? You see, far too often we have not been heavenly-minded enough. And that goes to show in our actions and the way in which we associate with others, the way we participate in things that don't bring glory to God. So I ask you again, in your life, in your life, are you more earthly-minded? Are you more heavenly-minded? Is your heart set upon an eternity with Christ? Is your mind focused upon the labors that will bring glory unto God? Or are you more focused on getting that new model of car or getting the new girlfriend or boyfriend? Are you more focused on the latest fashion? Are you more focused on someone saying something that kind of hurts your feelings? and not thinking about the influence that you can have for Christ in your response. When you're given an opportunity and it's presented to you, do you run to something secular or do you turn to the Bible? I want to use a personal illustration for you. And it was a teaching moment. And it has to do with this verse. A, this last week, uh, an individual was talking to me about an experience that they had with a young child. And the lady was telling me about something that the child had found in a wastebasket. And she didn't know how to explain to this little child why that was there and what, was, what it was for. And so I asked this lady, well, how did you explain it? And she went on and was saying she didn't know. Well, I said, did you know that the Bible actually speaks of this matter? The Bible actually talks about this issue. And her response was no. And so I gave her some instruction And the point is this. This young lady's response was not atypical, meaning it's not abnormal, it's not strange. Because we as individuals today oftentimes have been conditioned to relegate the Bible to a separate part of life. We have been relegated as Christians, to a different sphere, if you will. But our, our lives should be focused on the Bible. If the Bible speaks of it, let's use it as a teaching opportunity. And here's why I say to use it as a teaching opportunity. Had this young lady brought out the Bible 
it would have done several things. One, it would have shown this child the focal point or center of this person's life. Two, it would have shown the child that they can look to the Bible for answers. Three, it would have been an opportunity to teach from the Bible. And four, in so doing, it would have developed a mentorship opportunity that together it can be seen that the Word of God does provide answer and insight. So how does that relate to the idea that everyone will be judged according to their deeds? Well, if our lives are not focused on the things of God, then I ask you, what deeds are you going to be proud of? What deeds are you going to be judged by? More than likely, they're going to be the self-centered deeds rather than the godly deeds. But listen to verse 3. This is kind of the crux, if you will, for this one little section. It says, If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. This is important for the believer to understand. You see, when we die, we are clothed. Well, what are we clothed with? We're clothed with the robe of righteousness, the robe that Christ gives us upon salvation. We are clothed with it. Our mortal body passes away. The spiritual robe, the physical death, we then come into the spiritual life, and the robe of righteousness remains. If we are not clothed with that, then we would be naked and ashamed. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us from the selfsame thing is God, who also has given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. This is an issue that if we're going to understand the idea that we're all judged according to our deeds, and mind you, this is in the New Testament. I'm going to show you some things in the Old Testament if we have time. But if we don't have time, come and join us or tune in. Listen. Listen to what this verse says again. Wherefore we labor, that whether we present or absent, we may be accepted of him. And then go back into verse 7, where it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Far too often, we as individuals, we as Christians, as part of a collective body that comprises the bride of Christ, we often forget to walk by faith. We are conditioned for instant gratification here. We are conditioned to see instant results. We want it faster. Now, 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 now. Everything given to us. And as a result, we don't know what it means to labor and to wait. We don't have the discipline for it. 
my friends, we've oftentimes tuned out the voice of God. Why? Because it's easier for us to numb our spiritual, emotional, and physical pain with things now. If we would just wait upon the Lord, the Bible says that He will renew our strengths and we will mount up as wings of eagles. Listen, my friends, if we are confident in our faith, we are going to walk by faith. If we are not sure of our faith, we're going to walk by sight. We must condition ourselves, strengthen our faith, study to show ourselves approved, that we would be able, beyond the shadow of a doubt, to say, I trust in God. Now look at verse 10. Verse 10 is kind of a conclusion of the the first nine verses. And I want you to see this before... I I try and take us into another part with this. Verse 10. For we must all... What does all mean? It's all-inclusive. There is no exception. Or as some like to say, all means all. That's all that all means. But it is totally inclusive. There are no exceptions, my friends. And so if you think that you are going to get out of this life and not have to answer for anything... Read this verse. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. My friends, church, those of you who are listening, let this be a record given to you and a given to you, that we are all accountable before God. Now think about this. Think about this. This is not something to take lightly. This is not something to put by the wayside and say, yeah, I'll get to that one day. Yeah, you know, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm accountable, but I'm a good guy. I got to deal with the big guy upstairs, and I can do whatever I want. He understands. He, he, he'll just he'll give me a pass. It's all right. I got an end. My grandpa was a preacher. No, it doesn't work that way. All must stand before the judgment seat of God. What does that tell us? That tells us that we are accountable before the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who spoke creation into existence, the one who is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. We must all give an account. And did you notice what it said? That he had done, whether it be good or bad. That is the test of life. And lest you think that it is salvation by works, I want to assure you that there is no possibility that outside of Christ, that you will fulfill the requirements set by God. You are unable, unable in and of yourself, of your own volition, of your own strength, of your own might, to be able to enter into heaven 
outside of the blood of Jesus Christ. We are all going to have to give an account one day. So I ask you, for the last judgment, what do you think? Look real quick over to Hebrews chapter 9. And I'll close with this verse. Let me get to it really quick. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it reads like this. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Now listen to verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin, unto salvation. My friends, that's speaking about the second coming of Christ. That's speaking about His advent. That's talking about the forgiveness of sins. But there are so many places in the Bible that talk about how man has to give an account. And I think that verse in Hebrews sums it up, that it is appointed unto man once to die. And then cometh the judgment. Are you ready for that judgment? Should you be called on at this moment to stand before the King of Kings? Are you ready to meet Him? Are you ready to give an account for your life? If not, there is time for you to repent. There is time for you to turn your heart, release your heart to Christ. Call upon Him. Follow Him. Serve Him. Oh, my dear friends, we all must give an account one day. Are you ready? Well, I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to thank you for spending these few moments with us today. At 10.30 this morning, you can come down and join us here at Christ Covenant Church. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to shake your hand. We'd love to welcome you to fellowship. You can join us online, ChristCovenantMcAllen.org. You can go to our Facebook page at Christ Covenant McAllen. And every Sunday, we broadcast our sermons on Facebook, on YouTube. It's all there. You can send us an email, and we'll get back to you. We would love to have the opportunity to get to know you. You can support this ministry. We have that on our Facebook page. We have that on our website. Or you can even mail us a check. Or if you have GiveLify, you can find us there. But just like every place else, we could sure use your help in getting the gospel message out. Would you join us? We'd love to meet you. We'd love to worship with you, and we would love to continue to share the gospel of Christ together. May God bless you, may he keep you, and may you be enriched. We hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.